Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. Little cover of some Tears for Fears to start things off for us this morning, or this evening, depending on when you're listening. <laughs> it's morning for us, though. Gary Jules and Michael Andrews with Mad World. From the Donnie Darko soundtrack. Yeah. Scariest movie ever. I want to drown my sorrow. Well, hello there. It's Tucker. And Mora, along with our producer, Chris Bundis. I'll tell you this, special guest coming on the show today. Yeah. Uh, midway through the podcast, we'll be talking with Carolyn Davernas, or Davernas, depending on what mood she's in. We'll have to ask her. Well, I know. I've, I've, I've done the research. She says it multiple ways. Oh, does she? She's made it kind of complicated. Well, because she's a French, you know, Canadian, uh, or it's a French-Canadian name anyway. Yeah. And um, if she's in the States, it sounds like she is okay with people saying Davernas or Daverna. Right. And, I used to have a French-Canadian boss, uh, Martin. Mm-hmm. And I would call him Martin, and he'd be like, don't even bother <laughs> trying to do a French He's accent. Martin, right? He He's became like, Martin. Just call me Martin. Yeah. I'm like, no, Martin sounds so much cooler. My, I have a brother-in-law named Bosco. Yeah. But he goes by Bob at work. Why? Well, I just think it's a whole thing. You don't want to get into the, oh, what kind of name is that? Oh, how do you spell that? Is that with a K or a C? Yeah, or, but the you know? short form of Bosco is boss. People just calling you boss all day? Come on. That's badass. I'll let him know he's made a horrible mistake. I just remember the first time I was aware that he had a different alias was we were playing golf. And I've only known him as, you know, the guy who was with my sister, yeah. Bosco. And then we met another twosome. We were playing at this course. And he's like, hi, Bob. Nice to meet you. I was like, what the hell's Bob? Bob? What are you doing? When you have an interesting name, why pick a boring one? I think it just comes from trying to simplify, right? right. Nobody ever asks you, how do you spell Bob? Is that with two Bs? You know, like, it's just easy. Yeah. Bosco, it's like, ooh, Bosco. How do you spell that? You know how many Bobs would kill for a name like Bosco? Yeah. A lot of them, yeah, I'm maybe. sure. Maybe. All right. So, yeah, anyway, we got a special guest. You know her as uh, Mary from the TV show Mary Kills People. It's got a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, it's an interesting show, but it also, it, it does bring up the conversation about assisted suicide. Uh, and also, I'll tell you what we're going to do this morning. Before we answer some of the questions that you've asked of us, we're also going to get into the latest uh, Game of Thrones season. Mm-hmm. We haven't been able to talk much about it on the air because we're too afraid of spoilers, but we're going to full-on discuss things that happen in episodes, and we will forewarn you. It'll be right at the end of the podcast, so if you're not caught up on Game of Thrones, you want to check out and not yes. be, you know, have the storyline ruined for you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll make sure you know when it's time to turn off. Yeah, don't worry. But if you've been aching to talk about Game of Thrones with other people that have seen the most recent episodes, which, by the way, the last 
to. I'm giving thumbs down to. I'm not. Thumbs up um, from me. I'll explain why coming up. Okay. And so you want some questions? Give us some questions. How did this even start? I don't know. So this guy named Brad sent me a DM on Instagram at Maura Grierson, and he was like, I've got some questions. Maybe you can answer them on your next podcast. And, um, yeah, he said, hey, guys, happy Monday. He sent this to me on Monday. Wondering if uh, <laughs> you could uh, I'll take a couple listener questions for the podcast. So I just put it out there. If you have any, why don't you send them to me? So he goes on to say, I've always wondered why you guys get in so early before your show. Tucker just mentioned you guys start at at least four is this just you guys prepping? What are you guys doing? Yeah, so really we're in at like 4.20. And the thing is is that, you know, we can only do so much the night before. Unless you want to work an hour and a half at night before going into work. I still find I'm working too much at night, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's lots of things we're going through the next day, whether yeah. it's just clips from television and going through stuff like that. And I know there's lots of shows that work different ways. Like some shows can come in right before they go on the air. We're not one of those shows. Like we really have to sit down and we don't have like a huge staff. Roger and Marilyn, and I don't, they may have been working at home mm-hmm. before they showed up to work, but they would roll in at like 528 or 520 and, and their show started at 530. Turn the mic on. And they would go. But I, they must have been doing stuff before. But then again, you know, uh, our show with our What's Up feature is sort of like a current events interesting story segment that needs to be fresh. Yeah. And the shows that can plan the day before or several days before are shows that are just doing more generic things and don't have to write their own news or yeah. or segment like a trending segment. Honestly, I am so looking forward to the day that we have a large team of people. Do everything. And I just show up <laughs> and someone uh, makes me a coffee. I feel like that is going to be the best. Yeah, and what you'll have to do in order to get to that time is yes. go back in time. I know. 20 years. It doesn't exist anymore. doesn't exist anymore for anyone. It's, Everyone's doing more with less, yeah, right? It's not fair. So there's actually a second part of Brad's question. He okay. says, he, he says, do you record the podcast in the same studio you do the show on Energy 95.3? And if so, do you ever worry about slipping bad words in on the radio because you're chatting on the same platform? Oh, good question. Uh, well, we certainly started the podcast in my basement. Right. And did most of the shows there until we started working at Energy. And now we use the studio that we do the morning show in. But the beauty is, is that we have basically uh, have our own studio. Mm-hmm. So we have a dedicated studio for our show. And because of that, when we're off the air at nine, everything gets sent back to the main studio at Energy. So somebody at the in the main studio that everybody uses at Energy Radio mm-hmm. would have to bring us up. And so somebody could swear. put us on the air, right? And we could swear, but it would be pretty hard for that to ha- for that to have happen. And I it's think. interesting how like a lot of people ask, like, do you ever feel like you're going to swear, and do you ever catch yourself? I I don't like it's very rare. It's never happened to me, knock on wood. Yeah, it's never happened to me by accident. It's only happened by mistake in terms of somebody else screwing up, mm-hmm. like being on location. I know we did a whole segment on us swearing. Right. I was on remote. I somebody like, brought you up. Like, ah, fuck, let's do that again. Right. And then uh, it was because it was pre recorded, and then they ran that part on the air. Yeah, they say you should never swear around a microphone. Yeah, another time was we were training someone to operate for my show. 
and uh, I wasn't used to it. So we finished the break, and I was like, "Hey, I could get f and used to this." And then it was it went right <laughs> over the air. Was still on? Yeah, oh, totally. Oh man, guy screwed up. Didn't turn the mics off. <laughs> okay, are you ready for another question? This one's from Cassandra, and she says, "My husband and I have a dying question. We've always wondered: have, uh, since you and Tucker have such a platonic relationship, and just." get each other with quotation marks Mm -hmm. have your spouses ever been concerned or questioned your friendship Hmm. well if they haven't they probably should (laughs) right maura give me a break Uh, I feel like, um, I think we would both be in agreement that, you know, obviously there's a, there's an attraction. (laughs) Stop it. I've known Morris since the beginning of my career, uh, and the beginning of yours. And the beginning of my career too. And then there was a, so we both worked together in Montreal when we were early in our radio careers and, uh. You saw too much. I didn't see too much then, (laughs) but. I think that um, when we reconnected and worked together in Toronto, it very quickly turned into like a great friend, almost brotherly, sisterly relationship. Yeah. But you, you've you always been married, too. Like, when I met you, were you not married? I was with Deb. I've been married my whole life. <laughs> Since I was seven, Deb and I have been together. I feel like when I met you, yeah, you were with, you guys were in a serious relationship. Yeah, I was living with my now wife. She may have met. even been your friend fiance at the time no? uh no but just cl- close though close. i think i asked her to marry me maybe like right around i remember when you first started because i was there a little bit before you everyone was like what's up with the new guy oh yeah is he available no yeah. one said that for sure people were you know you were the new you guy said, yeah yes go check no. no like who who said that do you even remember roosh do you think uh, lots of people some sales reps promo department everyone was wow. curious pre hair loss tucker <laughs> I was doing fine and i didn't even know it See, you didn't even know yeah um, so no, I don't, but Deb's never been jealous of you. Except for that one time you crashed at my place, but several people yeah. crashed at my place that night. But that's not, that was so long ago. That was right when we first met. We were at a work Christmas party. Yeah. And, um, the our party sig- our, came back to my like place. Like Deb was invited, but she had, I think had to work the next day. Mm-hmm. So she went back home and we're like, you know, we're going to stay out partying. And I said, I may not come home. She doesn't remember that part. I'm convinced <laughs> I told her that. And so a bunch of us ended up at Morris place. Yeah. Smoking hash. Okay. <laughs> it Which I didn't even know how to do. It, it was not it was my the worst. hash, by the way. It was not my hash. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I slept on the couch and a yeah. few people were sleeping over. And yeah. then I woke up and I somehow find my way back home. And my then girlfriend would not talk to me for at least a day and a bit. Yeah, because he crashed at my place. Well, I did. She thought she thought that I was coming home, and I was. I'm adamant that I said to her, "I may not come home. Right? I may crash somewhere." She wasn't worried about you hooking up with someone. She was just mad that she had to be worried about you all night. Honestly, I don't know what if if there was that concern or not. But I just remember she was pissed. One (laughs) one of a very few moments in her life where I've been in trouble that way. Right. Like almost never. Anytime I get in trouble, it's just because we're arguing over something stupid, usually related to our kids or something. Yeah. You know, just having one of those arguments. But uh, yeah, I got in trouble. That's great, though, that that's like it, you guys don't fight to that level. We never fought until we had kids. Uh-huh. I would say almost never. 
Yeah. It's just you're overtired. Everything comes into play then. I know. You know, and then and, and it's also uh, we were getting to an age where things like money start to come into play because they say couples fight over money the most. And so I'm sure it was just a coincidence that it was around the same time we had kids because then it's like, oh, why are we spending our money on this? We should be doing that. Oh, whatever. Right. Spend your money on hash. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. By the way, it was legal then. (laughs) It was very legal. (laughs) Uh, Any other questions or is that it? Uh, Well, here's one from Kenshi. How's the new show going? I think that's a tough one to answer. You tell me. Okay. How is the new show going? You know, isn't that more for the listener to answer? I mean, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah. I think it's going really well. I think this show's performing uh, in a way that's exceeding the expectations of our bosses. I don't even know if we're allowed to get into that stuff, so I won't. But everybody's Mm -hmm. really happy from a behind-the-scenes perspective. I mean, we're still getting into our rhythm. I feel like we're we we have uh, a lot more good days than we do slower days. Yeah, and we're also getting used to being fewer people in the room. Yeah, that changes. But I think our show will continue to grow. Like I think there will be new additions to our show moving forward. And mm-hmm. and uh, but no, it's going really well. I'm excited. Like, I love the studio we work in. Oh, Nicest studio I've ever worked in in my radio career. Yeah. Got I a view that. of the water. Like, I, I could literally, I could jump in the water in 45 seconds from now. I could be diving in. <laughs> if I ran out of here and just <laughs> yes. ran over there. Yes. Seriously. There's a beach right there. Yeah. I mean, it's it epic. I also really, and maybe it's just because I'm not jaded yet, but I really love everybody in this building. Like, I love the management staff. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, and maybe that will change in 10 years, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you, um, and a lot of people in radio, and uh, this is getting too inside, but people say, oh, do you like, do you, would you rather work for Chorus over Rogers, mm. over Bell Media, mm-hmm. over New Cab, or what is now Stingray Music, all these radio companies? And what I've learned over the years is that it doesn't matter what company you work for. It matters who your managers are, who you report to directly. Yes. Because you could be with a company that's the greatest company while you have the greatest manager. They leave. You get some dick coming in (laughs) and it could ruin the whole thing for you. Totally. Or, you know, know, it's tough to be uh, every single boss's favorite choice, too. When they bring in like a bunch of different bosses, you have to prove yourself over and over and over again for a different boss. Yeah. Every every time I've been fired from a job, it's because somebody new's come in right. and changes were made. Yep. You know what I mean? Totally. They have a different vision. Yeah, or whatever reason. They don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now, amazing bosses. Yeah. And, uh, and so the company's the greatest company to work for ever. Yes. And I feel like the show is doing well. I just, I just hope that people know that we're here because I feel like there's only a small handful of people that know that we're back at this point. So... Just I know that at the beginning, a lot of people were were posting on Instagram that we're back, and I would ask that you just keep doing that to help us get the message. Or out. just have a conversation with friends or people you sure. work with, like, oh, what are you listening to in the morning these days? And he's like, oh, do you remember Tucker and Mora? They they're back yeah. and they're on Energy ninety five three. Honestly, it would be so helpful. Word of mouth is the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, I would say the growth of our last show, it would often start with, my kids made me listen to the radio station, and then I realized that I liked the morning show and got into it that way. Oh, really? So it's like sometimes it takes somebody else to push somebody into a new show because Mm -hmm. morning, people have the routine. They listen to the same show every morning. It's hard to change that. 
really hard. So it's going well, but it could be going better if you convince 10 more people to listen each. <laughs> so Emmeline asks, what is Tucker's first name and what's the story behind you going by your last name on the radio? Uh, my first name, the name that like my parents have called me by is Scott. And um, the reason why I use Tucker, which is my last name, mm-hmm. is that uh, my friends have been calling me Tucker since probably grade five. Right. And so if I... It's your nickname. Well, it's been my nickname forever. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because here at this new place, I mean, even Bundes calls me Scott. I know it is. And I'm weird. not used to that because like literally <laughs> the only people that call me Scott are immediate family, family, friends. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. I would never call him Scott. Like you are, you're not Scott to me. You are Tucker or Tucky. Oh, Tucky, yeah. Some of my, I have a couple of friends who call me Tucky as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I'll call you Tucky. No, but you can call me. I mean, I find it weird here that, that yeah, bosses introduce me as Scott because I just find like... Yeah. You got to tell them. But I don't really care. It's not like I'm hiding my first name. No. It's just that it's, uh, it's not what most of my friends call me. Uh-huh. You they, know what I mean? They call you Tucker. They call me Tucker. Or Tucky. Yeah, I... I hate those <laughs> high school nicknames that never go away, though. Like, my husband's was T-Stone, and people are like, yo, T-Stone, when they come around. I'm like, I know exactly what era they are from as soon as they yeah. say that to him. Well, I used to be Little Tucker to my brother's friends. You oh, know what I mean? He yeah. was Tucker, too. We'll you were talk. Little Tucker. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's been a nickname forever. They called my brother in high school Ribs, because he was so skinny, and then they called me Baby Back. <laughs> <laughs> baby back baby back uh, we got one more question here it's from pi3.144 I don't know what that Instagram handle is but there it is uh, who were the best and worst celebrities to interview and we I mean we've talked about this before mm-hmm. the first one comes to mind let's say it at the same time one, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing a countdown he was great Everything you hear about Tom Cruise uh, being a professional and super friendly is true. You don't hear that. You hear that Tom Cruise is a nutcase and he has all these crazy demands. Not from anyone that's worked with him. Right. There's very few people that have done a movie with him or starred in anything with him that uh, have... that don't have nice things to say about the guy. It's the tabloids. It's it's tabloid stories. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that there was never a list of questions that were off the table when we interviewed him. We could ask him anything. Mm-hmm. There was no, oh, stay away from Scientology or Katie Holmes mm-hmm. or whatever. Not that we would have asked him anyway. Yeah. But, but um, some people do, you and know. He, he was super friendly and super easy. I would also say um, for best people, Dax Shepard and uh, Michael Pena both came in yeah. when they were promoting chips. Yeah. And you know what? That guy does a very popular podcast called Armchair Expert. Yes. And uh, and so he, the hardest thing was with them was that they just talked forever. Yeah, wrapping him up was hard. Well, not that, you know, I wish we did our podcast then because it would have been great to run that whole interview on a podcast. Oh. But we were thinking like, how are we going to do two segments of four minutes when we chatted for 25 with him and Michael Pena? Yeah. So That's they true. were really good. I also really liked Ed Helms yeah. and um, uh, oh, John, John Ham. Those guys were so easy to talk to, but they were with someone who wasn't as easy. Well, Jeremy Renner came in with them, and yeah. I would say he was just a little more challenging yeah. in terms. Of, but I don't think it's his comfort zone to do that kind of stuff. No, like he wasn't. I don't. Think, he wasn't a dick. Or he wasn't anything. a dick. Yeah, but he it was. Uh, he was less open and easy to talk to compared to Ed Helms and right John Hamm. Yes, I'm trying to think of the worst celebrity. Uh, there's really not. There hasn't been too many uh, 
You know who is actually? I'm gonna. I'll throw somebody under the bus. Okay. Um. Who you got? Uh. I always get to walk off the earth. Oh, the band Walk Off the Earth. Yeah, remember really? them. Yeah, they're the ones who do the um do the, all the funky videos and stuff like that, right? Yeah, you're getting worked up already. No, I I'm not it. getting worked up. <laughs> I it just seemed like they didn't want to be there. Oh, uh, we had them in live. I wouldn't say they were. They didn't go out of their way to be dicks or anything, but I don't think they were an easy interview. And we had all this stuff like we brought that we bought these children's instruments, yeah, to do this segment with them, and we didn't even pull them out because it didn't look like they wanted to have any fun at all. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're just not morning people, right? So yeah, for me it was Maroon Five. It was Adam Levine. The whole time we were just he was just doing like inside jokes. I told you this story, too. I was down at the Molson Amphitheater, which is now Budweiser Stage. And uh, before the show, went backstage. There's a bunch of TV people. And when you're interviewing an artist and you've got a big camera crew, you just look more important. Whereas somebody Mm. from radio, I was by myself. I had headsets and a microphone. That's it. So when they saw me come towards them, they were like, oh, they literally said, oh, radio. And then I interviewed them, and the whole time they just were cracking inside jokes that I didn't even know what was so funny about them. You know what I mean? I could barely air any of it. The only time Adam Levine gave me a second was when I asked him about yoga. And then he was like, oh, yes, yoga is amazing. It's uh, transformed my life. He Mm. went into this whole yoga thing, and I was like, eh. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, I know. Most people are pretty good, though. Most people are pretty pretty good. Otherwise, they don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they just say, you know what? I don't want to do this today. I remember interviewing Aerosmith, uh, the band. Really? Well, the bassist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they were do- they were all doing media, and I ended up in a room with uh, with the bassist. It was just him and I, and uh, we were chatting. And then I said, "Hey, thanks for doing this. You know, you guys don't have to be doing this anymore." And he goes, "No, you're wrong. We still have to. If we want to be relevant, we want to be making new music. This is all part of the process." Oh wow! So they kind of knew their place. Huh. Mind you, I didn't get Steven Tyler or Joe Perry. Right. But uh, you got the bass guy. Got the guy from Place the Bass, which he's still original guy from Aerosmith. I got kicked out of being backstage at a Blue Rodeo concert because I had interviewed the band and I just kind of, there was a whole platter of food there. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'll just have dinner while I'm here. Uh, so I had some dinner and then they were on stage at this point and I thought, well, I'm going to watch the show from side stage. What a unique opportunity. And then someone came up to me and said, you can't be here. I'm like, oh. The food was fantastic, though. That's well, all the go. questions we have. Perfect. You DM me questions anytime you want, and we'll try to get to them on our podcast. Also, let us know if you even care about that stuff. Yeah, maybe you're like, I don't care about that. Please. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to go grab our guest, which is Carolyn Daverna. She is the star of Mary Kills People. Maybe you've seen it on Global TV. Mm. You got a question for her, Maura? Yeah. You know what I want to ask her? I want to ask her about that cup that was left on a table in Game of Thrones that they just edited out. Mm -hmm. I want to ask her whose fault that was. Was that the actor who left it on the table or like some continuity person or the guy who was actually shooting that moment? Whose fault was it? Carolyn Daverna from Mary Kills People will be next here on the Tucker and Mora podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carolyn Deverna is with us this morning. Yes. She is the star of the hit show Mary Kills People, which you can check out. The uh, final season premieres on Global this Sunday at 8 p.m., but you know they got the first two seasons on GlobalTV.com, so you can see them there. You can catch up on, uh, and there's only, I think, was there six episodes in the first season? First season. Every ep- every season has been six episodes. So that makes it easy. And it's shot in uh, the Toronto area. Like, I've seen, you know, th- things uh, in the Hamilton. Like, it looks like you're near the Burlington Skyway in the yeah, first episode. Mississauga. You actually film right near my house really? at Bridgepoint. I ah, see the set there all the time. So I got really interested in the show before it even started because I'd be biking past and I'd be like, what's MKP? What is the <laughs> secret production going on here? And season three was shot mostly in Scarborough. Oh. Is that where your house, that your character My plays? My house is in Mississauga. And right on the water. Yes, indeed. We should talk about the show, which is basically, you play Mary, uh, a doctor who has a side gig of helping people die with compassion. Exactly. And, um... And it, the show isn't as dark as what you would imagine. No, it sounds very depressing It and does. Dark, but it's not. It's actually kind of funny and sexy and thrilling. Yeah. The first yeah. episode, in the first like few minutes of it, you guys essentially screw up in killing somebody. Yeah. Uh, it turns out, you know, the, the drugs that you're using or tamper, had been tampered with, but you end up having to finish the job with a pillow. No. And somehow you, you turn it into this, like... <laughs> It's yes. funny, but it's also, you know... Uh, dark? Dark. That's, that's why I signed on to this project, because I thought, how brilliant she found a way, Tara Armstrong, who created the show, to talk about such a beautiful and sensitive subject with dignity, but finding a way to shimmy into this humorous fine line of in gray zones of drama and, and a thriller. And I think the tone of this show is quite unique, and that's what I love about it so much. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Carolyn Deverna this morning. She is Mary from Mary Kills People. You were also in Hannibal, which was yes. a big show. Uh, Shot well, in Toronto as well. These sh- well, dark shows you get on <laughs> Hannibal. Okay, yeah. so when when a show is... So the production, both shows were produced or made in in Canada. Uh, although it was an American show. Well, Hannibal was on NBC. Yeah. So. Thank God we live in a time where you can't even tell anymore if it's a Canadian production or an American production, because mm. it used to be pretty obvious <laughs> just by looking at the quality. Yeah. But now you can't tell the difference. Can you tell the difference on the set? Like, is the food better when you're working for a show <laughs> that's on NBC versus a show that's on Global? Not necessarily. I think, you know, on Hannibal and, and Mary, it was the craft table was pretty similar. What about your trailer? I think I had a bigger trailer on Mary. Okay. (laughs) But your name was further up in the ranks, though. (laughs) Did you hear about what happened on uh, Game of Thrones this past weekend? So tell me. What happened was on the episode, there was a coffee cup, a craft services coffee cup left on the table in front of one of the characters. One of the main characters. One of the main characters. So I'm curious, as someone who's on set all the time, whose fault was that? Was that the actor's fault for not going, I'm going to put this under the table? Or was that like a continuity person's fault well the actor probably wasn't that smart to put it there but at the same time the camera operator should have seen it in the frame and said yeah. let's take this out so i think we can divide the responsibility and, and <laughs> right yeah, many people were responsible for there you go <laughs> third season of mary kills people premieres this sunday on global the first two seasons are available on globaltv.com you play a doctor and i'm wondering like obviously you're not a doctor in real life obviously. but have you learned anything 
through filming that you think you could apply in real life? I sort of, but I mean, I wouldn't try it on someone I love. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think you could do? Did you have to learn how to properly administer CPR, for example, or yeah, um, you know, massaging the heart if something, yeah, heart failure, perhaps I could do that that movement, the chest thing. But we're not even supposed to do it the right way when we do it on camera because you can actually hurt someone. Yeah, you break the, the ribs if you're doing it properly. Oh. So that's even faking it out. So. I, I don't know if I could even do that. Do you have experts standing by saying don't... We have a nurse on set. Oh, do you? Oh, of course, because you can really either hurt someone or it can look bad on camera. And we're pretending to be doctors, so we want to look like we know what we're doing. Yeah, so we have someone who's there to guide us for those scenes. That's a cool gig for a nurse to get. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes those people turn into real actors. Uh, Case in point was uh, Captain Phillips. Mm -hmm. So they had some medical staff there to coach the actors. And they ended up using one of the, either a doctor or a nurse. Mm -hmm. The person you see right at the end of the movie, it brought me to tears. The moments like she was so clinical. She was And she's dealing with Tom Hanks, who's in shell shock of having just witnessed these terrorists being killed, all this stuff, or these hijackers. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's going through just the, her routine, which is, you know, assessing what is wrong with the man. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? She's just doing a checkup, but it is such a- Sir, can you look over here? Like it's a, you know- Powerful scene. And she's a real nurse. and she was a real, a real medical staff on the set, and I think it may have even been a last-minute decision to use her in that scene. Did she know that it was acting, or did she think that something was actually happening? No, I, I, she, she would have known. No, no, she knew she was on set. <laughs> she didn't think Tom Hanks was, like, literally in Oh, shock. my God, Tom Hanks is here, and he's in trouble. <laughs> could you imagine that? Uh, you did something with Tom Hanks, didn't you? I was in the Pacific that we shot in Australia many years ago, about 10 years ago, and he produced it mm-hmm. and directed, I think, a couple episodes. But I wasn't part of the episodes that he directed, but I met him in Austra- no, in L.A. because we did some reshoots in L.A. Well, yeah. I, and that was the kind of a sequel, if you will, to Band of Brothers, exactly. which was an amazing series. Yes. So how big a role did you have in the Pacific? I was in the first episode. I had a couple scenes, and mostly in the last episode, the 10th episode. Because yeah, was Spielberg a part of that as well? He was producing as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh so does it, does that just blow your mind when you're, you know, 10 years younger than you are now and you get this opportunity? Oh, it was fantastic. I was paid to travel basically because they had me down in Australia and Melbourne for about six weeks because of weather uh, problems. And so I only had maybe five or six days of shooting, but I was there for six weeks. They nice. had a beautiful budget and I was just in a beautiful hotel room walking around Melbourne. It was a dream. And shooting with these people, it was, they had beautiful, amazing directors, and, and we had time to talk about what we wanted to do and and the budget to make it happen, and it was just a dream. You get spoiled, though, a little bit, right? Because then that yeah. becomes your gold standard for what it should be like every time. I know. When you know what's possible and you don't have that uh, creative uh, freedom, it's hard to go back to something a little more rigid, I guess. So the craft services table was pretty good <laughs> on that set. We Prime went rib. to Nobu in Australia. Oh. So yeah, it was really amazing. Like the whole, the whole cast? <laughs> no, well, a couple people, I guess. Nice. Uh, so when you meet Tom Hanks, I imagine that he's probably the nicest guy he's you could so ever meet. Nice. Yes, indeed. He, you know, he didn't have to come up to me and talk to me. I mean, we weren't 
Um, he was he just there for a couple minutes that day, but he was very nice. And because I played someone who is still living, actually, she was married to um, the main character played by um, Badge. And um, I met her actually in New Jersey and I played her. And so he had met her as well and wanted to talk about her. Well, that's pretty cool. And do you know that you're meeting him in advance of him actually coming up to you? No, he just kind of showed up. That's better, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you would be playing out that moment in your head, like, thinking about what to bring up. I know I would be like, okay, I'm going to yeah. bring up typewriters, because I hear he likes typewriters. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Really? Yes. He's, uh, <laughs> he, he put, there's a whole uh, documentary called, uh, oh, God, California Typewriter. It's really did? cool that he produced, oh, wow. and it's all about his love of typewriters and how it's they're making a comeback. Well, next time I there see you him, go. I'll know what to talk. About. You got something. But now you you know you're a, a main character on a on a big show, and so do you take those moments that you have with Tom Hanks and say, you know what, I'm going to go up to the person who's really like green and insignificant on the show and uh, and just sort of have a moment with them to make them feel comfortable. Well, I think it's always nice to, yes, to to meet the, the actors who are there for just one scene or who have one line and, and make them feel as comfortable as, as you can because I've been in that situation where you don't really know who you're playing. You don't know anybody on set. You're so nervous um, and you go back home and you don't really know what to make of what just happened, you know. And I think we all have something to gain from being nice to each other and making people feel more comfortable and more at home. And it'll, it'll, you'll see it on screen and you'll have a, a nice day at work compared to just being in your little corner doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, more as an actor as oh, yeah. well. You, you just described me, the nervous person with one line standing in the corner. Who it's the hardest thing to do. It's <sighs> harder to do that than, than to have a lead on a show. Yeah. Because when you're the lead of a show, you know what you're playing. You have the opportunity to do a great scene, to mess up one scene, but to make another scene happen again. And But when you have that one line, it's so hard. It's stressful. I find, too, because I've done like a couple of one-liners, that one line seems to change when you get to set. So you've said it a million times. Too many head. times. I've got, yeah, yeah you've, you've over-said it, which <laughs> yeah. is apparently a problem. Yeah. And then you get to set, and you got it down, and then the director comes up and changes it to like a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? Or just takes it away from you, which is even worse. Oh, it takes it away from you. I remember being in a movie with uh, Emma Watson and a really talented, another actor who was just amazing in the scene I'm not sure who he was but I had like a couple of lines and then I just kept screwing up and screwing up and screwing Mm. up and after we shot I felt so sad and the other actor said to me you did a really good job he was the director was asking a lot of you and you did a really good job and I'm like are you sure (laughs) you know so that was so nice of him to do that because I literally wanted to go into a hole and cry I know and you'll remember it for months and just hate yourself for it so yeah I like to do that as well All right. well you know you've been lovely Uh, we can't wait for the third season to start it starts Sunday May 12th depending on when you're listening to this it's either already underway or uh, whatever but it doesn't in this day and age you can watch TV shows whenever you want on your own time so uh, globaltv.com is where you go if you want to catch up on old seasons and start the show it's not as dark as you think it's going to be you guys have done a great job of balancing everything out Mary kills people Carolyn Daverna thank you so much for coming in thank you for having me appreciate it (laughs) okay let's do it you are being warned right now that we are going to talk about the most recent episodes of Game of Thrones. 
And if you don't want to know anything about the show, what's happened, maybe you plan on watching it later, you haven't caught up. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you another we'll time. We'll see you next time, yeah. This is the final season of Game of Thrones. Maybe you're listening to this podcast a year from now, and you're like, what season are they talking about? Yeah, okay, final good season. Point. Yeah. A year from now. <laughs> <laughs> are cars flying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I remember uh, in school, like, you'd look at uh, these books in the library, and it'd be the future and what the year 2010 will look like, yeah. or whatever it was. And, yes. you know, of course, it was all flying cars. Everyone's walking around wearing the same silver jumpsuit. None of that <laughs> stuff ever happened. Suits, Although, yeah. I will say, smartphones are pretty cool. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the most recent episode, which I was getting really annoyed watching. The last two episodes, I would say, have been... Because they've been too slow for you. No, 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 no. They've been annoying. So uh, the second to last episode, which was episode three of season eight, was the big fight with the White Walkers, the yeah. Battle of Winterfell. Yes. It drove me crazy because, A, the battle lasted way too long. This it was the, too much. This is the battle they've been talking about since the first season of Game of Thrones. I know, and I've been dreading it since then. Because <laughs> the whole storyline with the White Walkers is the one part of the show that I just, it's been a turn off the whole time, mm-hmm. I would say. So I guess I was dreading it. But the other thing was, is that they, uh, and this has been a complaint, and it's now widely known whether you know anything about the episode or not. It was just so dark. Yeah. They'd said it, you know, when you're watching a TV show or a movie and everything's so dark, you can barely see what's going on. Well, and was, you almost think your TV's broken. It was a battle at night and they brought a winter storm with them. So I think they wanted to show you that it was really hard to see for everybody. Well, yeah, but then you couldn't even tell who was who and who was winning and who was getting killed. Yeah. It was too much. There was these scenes with the dragons and I was like, was that Jon Snow fell off a dragon? Like, what is going on? Or was that the... Oh, no, I think that was the... The king there. It was really interesting for me because I watched it twice and I watched it the second time with my husband who was seeing it for the first time and I didn't say anything and I just kind of let him. He started asking me those questions. Who fell off the dragon there? Yeah. Was that guy important? What just he, he looked like a white walker who walked by. I'm like, oh, he can't see. Yeah, you can't see. <laughs> there can't was, see. It was super annoying. And then in the last episode, I was so happy that they were just back to the storylines and progressing and going after, you know, Mar- their their march continues to uh, it's uh, what's it uh, King's Landing and they're going to take out Cersei. It seems so irrelevant to me because they just fought the army of the dead. Yeah, and it's like that was so epic. Now they have to go like fight the living. It just doesn't seem fair. Which was Cersei Lannister's plan from the beginning, right. which is let them fight and then we'll kill whoever's left over and be rulers of the Seven Kingdoms. But I'll tell you something. Either the mother of dragons has lost her edge or they just it was the stupidest thing that happened in the last episode when they got surprised by uh, Theon Greyjoy's uncle Mm -hmm. and the other people on the ship. Like there was, you know, I don't need to explain it because if you're listening to this, you've probably seen what happened. Yeah. But the way... Like, how did the Mother of Dragons, who's on a dragon, flying in the sky, not see these ships miles in advance? Like, she would have had a vantage point better than they've ever seen on this show, unless you're a raven. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they spot these ships when they're in shooting range. Yeah. Which is like from, you know, here to there. Like, right over there. 
They didn't see him. They were hiding behind that rock the whole time. Well, you know what? Why wasn't Daenerys up in the way up high looking, looking down, down on everything? Because they weren't worried about that. No, they should have been because they were approaching the castle. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. I just find it funny that you you can believe that she's flying on a dragon, but you can't believe that these boats were hidden. Well, I'll tell you why. Because she was kicking ass for so long and making all these smart strategic decisions. And then what? She's caught by surprise by a few ships. It just doesn't add up. Right. It's just like, it's it's shit. Well, maybe... It was, it was stupid. <laughs> it made me mad because it doesn't... It's not consistent with the quality of writing that they've had on that show. And I don't know if it's a product of them uh, being out of books and just going on their own, which they have been for the last couple of seasons. But I just felt like it was garbage. Maybe it is a plot line, though, because you're talking about how she used to be a conqueror and such such a great st- strategic warrior. Maybe she's starting, and you can see that in her character. She's like, this is not the way I am to not attack these people. I want to attack them. And they're like, no, no, no. Don't kill the innocent lives. Maybe it's about her thinking, ugh, I'm doing this wrong. No, but she always gave the innocent people a chance to... Uh to, to go on the right side of the, you know, of the war. Mm-hmm. I feel like she wasn't killing tons of innocent. Her whole thing was she was freeing people who were enslaved and punishing the people that were the rulers, mm-hmm. treating people like garbage. I mean, the whole storyline between Sansa Stark and Mother Dragons is a bit annoying, too. Like, can I, they not yeah. warm up to each other eventually? I thought they did warm up to each other a little bit. You and know? why is Jon Snow telling people the story if he's like, doesn't want to be king? Yeah. Yeah, I'm concerned that that secret is out now. Well, it is out because the, the eunuch. The two guys that that are the worst secret keepers are now holding this secret. Tyrion Lannister and... Uh, bald guy. Bald eunuch guy. <laughs> no, now. And, and he's like threatening to basically push Jon Snow as the king. Yeah. See, you do love it though, secretly. Oh, no, it's making me mad. You know what it reminds me of? Of uh, the TV show Lost, which I loved. Loved Lost. Yeah, it was the best show it. ever. Yeah. It was the greatest until it was the worst. <laughs> because they set you up uh, for all these things and they never explained three quarters of it. And then they ended the show in a way they promised they wouldn't. Which was what? Well, no spoiler alert. That they were kind of all dead and in purgatory and stuff. Oh, really? They promised early on, I promise you, they're not all dead, whatever. So then, and they still weren't over, overtly clear about it, but huh. it was so frustrating how that show ended. And I hope I don't have that same feeling at the end of Game of Thrones, because I've loved this show so much. And then just recently, these plot lines are getting a little ridiculous Well, who's going to win? Who are you putting your money on at this point? Well, it's not going to be Cersei Lannister. Um, I think that it's, I think she's going to kill a lot of people. Before. I th- I think that the um, the Kingslayer, Jamie Lannister, yes, who left Brienne of Tarth, yes, uh, behind in her housecoat, yes, which is weird to see her that way. <laughs> yeah, she's been wearing armor every episode <laughs> until now that she slept with Jamie Lannister. So I find that so funny uh, that she's wearing like just house robes and stuff yeah but anyway she looks way more comfortable they are alluding to the fact that he is going back to help cersei i guarantee that's not what's going to happen because i would say i predicted by the way that Arya stark was going to kill the uh, night king yeah you did I predicted that, and I also predicted that Sir Joran, or whatever his name is, the right-hand uh, knight to 
the queen the queen that he would die right after they won Mm -hmm. in her arms and that exact same thing happened so my prediction is probably going to come true on this too which is jamie lannister is going to be the one to kill cersei either that or he could become the king of the realm no (laughs) it can't be him why can't it be him it won't be him and it's not going to be everyone thinks it's going to be aria aria is going to die you think she's going to die yeah but she's it, like the. I want to see her take somebody's face off and put it on her face. Yeah, she's gonna. She's gonna come very close to doing all that. Yeah. And uh, unless it happens to be Arya Stark wearing Jamie Lannister's face. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if Arya Stark is wearing the Queen's face, um, Cersei's face, and then Jamie comes and kills Arya? No, nah, that's not gonna happen. I, Arya already got the big win at Winterfell. She's not gonna get the double. Uh, the double kill. She's been great to watch. She's the most badass character yeah. now. And I love the Hound. I love the relationship between her and the Hound. Yeah, it's so he's great. such a jerk. Do you notice in every scene they, they have of him? He Fuck like, off. He go like away. pushes somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like he takes them by the head and just pushes them out of the go way. Go away. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, twat. He always says twat. Yes. <laughs> he's the best. He's, and he's, when he sees Arya, he's always like, oh. You're like the last person I want to see, you know? What's the name of the dude who protects Cersei Lannister? The crazy, tall, massive... Oh, I don't know. uh, Yeah, you do. He's like, I know who he is. Yeah, Yeah, the Hound and him are going to fight. Oh, yeah? Hound's going to die. Arya Stark is going to be... You're going to think she's going to get the kill? She's going to die? Uh-huh. Jaime Lannister for the win. And then he's going to end up... He might die, too. Uh-huh. But he'll get the kill before he dies. Don't you think that Sansa and is it Tyr Tyrion? I feel like there's something going on there. I think they're going to get married again. They're going to get remarried. I, there was some weird looks. They had some and they got some chemistry. Yeah, They've yeah, been yeah. flirting. So the, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't say that's out of the possibilities. Actually, when they were looking at each other, I started crying. I was so moved by their relationship. They've been through a lot. So I want to see them get married. I also think that Daenerys is going to uh, die. You do? Yeah. I think, uh, or Jon Snow. They, they can't both live happily ever after. Because she's his aunt, so they can't be together. Yeah. Weird, eh? But you, I'm kind of like, let, let them be together. Aunt Danny. Someone calls her, her Danny. I love that he calls her Danny. Yeah. Danny. Danny. Well, they got that special bond, right? right. It also pissed me off that they took the um, translator, her right-hand woman, oh, and I killed know. her. That wasn't fair. And how did she get caught? You know, like, how did they get her? They got her. Don't ask How was she not protected by somebody? That was dumb, too. They're all, they all come ashore. There's like 20 people. But they were going to go attack everyone with 20 people? <laughs> you asked too many questions about a fantasy show, honestly. I would hate to watch this show with you. Oh, I don't say anything when I'm watching this show. Yeah, I, I take it in and then I start thinking about it after and I'll be like, eh, that was kind of dumb. Oh, yeah, that was kind of dumb, too. No, I know you don't say anything, but I could tell by your body languages, your body language and the way you, like, you would huff, like... <laughs> You know, you would do things like that. Uh, Drive me nuts. I don't really, no, I don't do a running commentary. I might be like, oh, I think Aria's going to get the kill. You know, I might say something like that. That's also very annoying. It is, you're right. Well, I think that's it. Unless there was anything else you wanted to say. No, I think uh, you covered it. (laughs) I mean, it's such a good show. I have high hopes that they're going to finish strong in the last two episodes that remain. They will. Children waiting for the day. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. 
It's been a little bit of everything, yeah. hasn't it? Is that good or bad? Let us know. Seems like the best way to get in touch with us these days is just DMs on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, nobody sends emails. Don't bother. They get buried, you know? Yeah. Um, so, at Maura Grierson, at Radio underscore Tucker, if you want to DM us and comment on anything that's going on with the show or whatever. And we'll uh, talk to you again. Thanks for listening and appreciate all your five-star reviews. Bye. Bye.